Sabine Wren, a character we're introduced to in Rebels and a very interesting contrast to the rest of the crew. Young, rebellious, and a Mandalorian but not like one we've seen before. And Ahsoka might be headed even deeper into that direction. And we know even more about what could be the most exciting Star Wars project yet from this new interview. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Sabine is a very interesting character. She is. She's got quite the spunk. Yes. <laughs> So there's something with Rebels. If you haven't seen Rebels as a show, highly recommend it, especially in preparation for Ahsoka. But just a little rundown. So we've got Ezra, who's this scrapper on the planet Lothal. Turns out he's a Force-sensitive. Kanan Jarrus is also there. Turns out he's a Jedi, survivor of Order 66, and has become more of a smuggler of sorts. Mm. Yeah, well... I mean, all Jedi are now hiding sort yeah. of thing, so yeah. Gotta find some ulterior uh, ways of income mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in these trying times. <laughs> and then you have basically kind of like his wife, pretty much? I mean, kind of spoiler there, but kind of. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of sexual tension between those two for yes. since the beginning. Uh-huh. So, Incredible yeah. pilot. And very well versed in a variety of weaponry in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And then you have Sabine, who is this very interesting mix for the the whole group, honestly. Truly. She's a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Doesn't quite act like the normal Mandalorians. No. Uh, from Nightwatch. Mm-hmm. And has a storied past when it comes to the Mandalorians. Part of Clan Wren, which is the House of Vizsla. Wow. Which is a name we know a lot of from... Clone Wars, Rebels, as well as the Mandalorian, too. Mm -hmm. You've got Tar, Tar, Tar Vizsla, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've got Sabine, and she's kind of the like the balance to Ezra, mm -hmm. where it's like, he's just this, like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then here's Sabine, who's like... But she like, also is kind of like that, no, too? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah she's but kind of older? his equal... But also mm -hmm. his opposite. It's really, it's yeah. a really interesting dynamic to just. They're look really at those annoying two. in the first season. They're so annoying. Oh my god. And gosh. somewhat in the second season, mm -hmm. but especially that first season, both Ezra and Sabine are like, "Please stop, please." <laughs> but it just makes their character growth that much more sweet. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, yeah. Sabine's got a lot going for her, mm -hmm. and yet she seems to have made a lot of like life decisions to make her a lone wolf. Yes. Which is really it's not an unlike choice. Ahsoka. Mm, yeah. Especially yeah. so in this newest trailer, the real trailer for Ahsoka, we get a bigger look at kind of the broad stakes that are, are there in this series. And we see Sabine in a very interesting place because she almost kind of like foregoes the Mandalorian path. Mm -hmm. She's seen in a couple scenes to be taking up Ezra's lightsaber. And I think that, that led us to kind of think like, hmm... Is she going to be a force sensitive? Because mm -hmm. we do have that line of like, oh yeah, I left Sabine just like I left Anakin and I didn't finish my training with Anakin. I didn't finish her training with Sabine. Right. So we're getting this um, this moment that it's confirmed now that Ahsoka would have, that Ahsoka is training or did train mm -hmm. Sabine. 
We don't know in what. It could just right. be any manner of uh, like combat, hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. because Ahsoka is very good at hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Especially lightsaber mm-hmm. wielding. Yeah. So it could have been that, but mm-hmm. the darksaber would have been gone already. Yeah. You don't need a, you don't need the force mm-hmm. to wield a lightsaber, but it definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's an interesting idea that I would have never thought Ahsoka would take Sabine under her wing and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. I'm going to be your, your master. She literally calls her master. So it makes you think like this hmm. is a master and apprentice thing here. Yeah. It could just be a carryover though from Ahsoka from the Jedi perspective carrying over. I Yes. It's possible. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I feel like that's a stretch, though. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know how they're playing Ahsoka right now. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if she's, no, I'm not going to be a Jedi ever again sort of thing, or if she's like, yeah, no, I'm still kind of toying, dabbling, doing in-between things. When we last see Ahsoka, even in Rebels, I feel like she was very much like, nope, Jedi life is behind me, mm-hmm. I'm done, I'll help you guys, but I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Thanks. But we see her in Book of Boba Fett taking on more of like, a, I'll watch and see what Luke's doing over here. And that confuses me. Like, mm-hmm. what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> She's playing the field, seeing yeah. what she really like calls, like really, what, what the Force really wants her to do, kind of. Mm-hmm. But- if she's taken Sabine as an apprentice in the past, I guess she's kind of back on the Jedi wagon then. I think that's going to be the big question that we have in terms of Ahsoka the series is what what place in her life are we right now? Mm-hmm. Like, Are we telling the story of her getting back into this idea? Step away from like the establishment almost Mm -hmm. like here's here's the jedi they are a failing society or a failing cult or from whatever perspective that you want to have they are failing and they aren't adapting in ways that ahsoka felt like they needed to adapt and then you have the whole stuff through rebels continuing Mm -hmm. to be a part of the rebellion and continuing to grow that side of things and then uh we don't know what the heck she was doing during the death star and all of that fun stuff but Ultimately, after all of this, first Death Star gets exploded, second Death Star gets exploded, we're after all of that. Ahsoka's in a very interesting place because she's going after Thrawn, who's trying to rebuild the Empire. He is the heir to the Empire. (laughs) So good. What does this look like for her to be in this new perspective and to work with Hera and to work with Sabine Mm -hmm. and to try to find Ezra and try to stop Thrawn? And then you have. That's yeah. a lot on your plate. And then, then you have like Mon Mothma, mm-hmm. who is also trying to prepare for the war that is coming. You have Hera saying, I don't want a war to come. Let's stop this before it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly there's this big, big pickle of a situation. We're all just in this giant pickle jar here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Like, chew. There's a lot going on. And there's a lot that's so left unsaid. Mm hmm. Going back to Sabine, though, yeah, I I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think they're gonna give her force powers. You think so? I think so. I she's gonna be a late bloomer. Yeah, I'm like I'm not I'm not 100. percent I'm like 90 percent mm-hmm. sure they're gonna give her force powers. I think it could be interesting, and we have Ezra's message to what we think is her specifically saying, "Hey, as a Jedi, this is what you should do, and I expect you to take up that mantle." That's pretty clear. If, if we're theorizing here, if we're putting in our uh, tinfoil hats and we're really saying, okay, what's going to happen here? We can look at these lines of what they're saying. But again, that could be misdirection from the trailer's perspective. Sure. But I think there's a lot leading us to say, hey, I think 
Sabine might be force sensitive mm-hmm. and it might just be smaller. See, we see Finn in the rise of Skywalker. Apparently he's force sensitive as well, yeah. but we don't know how much because mm-hmm. there is a spectrum there. You can be somewhat force sensitive. You can be strong in the force, weak in the force. You could just be uh, heightened. You can just have like heightened reflexes and those kinds of things in the force as well. But I wonder if some of that cultivation could be this like next level. I'm wondering what kind of repercussions this is going to have, especially when we go, like, if that is the case, what's it going to look like when we go back to Rebels after Ahsoka, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what, how are we going to feel about her all through that out Rebels, knowing that apparently she's more sensitive, Yeah, but whole nothing time. ever comes of yeah. it. Well, I think and there's then, some good, like, feedback on this of, like, there's a lot in favor of Sabine being force sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot that goes against it. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is like, Hey, Kanan was there. Ahsoka was there. Ezra was there. Why are they just now finding out that she's force sensitive? Mm-hmm. Why is it just becoming a thing? We had four seasons of that show. Why would they do it now? Yeah. Why would it make sense for them to do it now? Mm-hmm. In a way, I hope they don't make her force sensitive. I kind of mm-hmm. would just like to see someone who can wield a lightsaber yeah. just go up against a force sensitive Sith, I'm assuming. Yeah, they're definitely force sensitive. Um, the one dude that we see, he he's a survivor of Order 66. Mm-hmm. I think he says that. So they're kind of like a not so friendly uh, group of Mm-hmm. ex-Jedi? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but we also see the Inquisitorius there. Mm. So whatever is left of the Inquisitorius after the fall of the Empire. Probably an offshoot of what Thrawn is up to. Yeah. If, I, if I'm theorizing here, I think that that's going to be part of it. Or on the other hand, it could be just Thrawn has his own faction and then there's this rogue group of dark Jedi, not necessarily Sith, not necessarily Jedi, but someone who, like Ahsoka, saw the fall of the Republic, saw the fall of the Clone War, saw the fall of the Jedi Council, the Jedi Order, and continuation of that through the Empire. Could just be extremely jaded and started his own sect then brought a lot of the Inquisitors back after the fall of the Empire. Yeah. That could be something that's there, or I I don't know, but I I think there's definitely some interesting story beats that they could go on there. Mm -hmm. It's definitely all tying back to Thrawn, too. Mm Mm-hmm. They all want... Everybody wants Thrawn. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? (laughs) Everybody wants a piece of Thrawn. Do you think we'll see Zeb in this show? Hmm. We already saw live-action Zeb in Mando Season 3. We're going to see more of the resistance, I should say. New Republic. We've got to. Absolutely. Absolutely. It did take me a minute to think about. But, Mm -hmm. yes, I do think we're going to see him. Eventually, we're going to see Ezra. Yeah. We already see... Yeah. Him and hologram for Right, him. so. <laughs> his actor is there. Yes, um, he's been cast. Yes, and I can't imagine that they'll just use him for holograms. Mm-hmm. But I think tying off the Sabine stuff, do you, like, if you had to bet on it, would you say Sabine is force sensitive? Knowing how they've been twisting and kind of fudging and just, knowing how they've been telling Star Wars stories lately, <laughs> I say yes. You think so? Yes. I'm going to go and say no. I'll bet you a coffee. Let's bet a coffee. (laughs) I bet that she's not force sensitive. Okay. I think 
that just this may be wish casting and saying, okay, now I don't want her to be. Mm -hmm. But I feel like having it so like explicit in the trailer at this phase of the marketing, considering how secretive they've been, I think it's more likely that she isn't force sensitive. Hmm. No, I definitely think I'm right. (laughs) Let us know your thoughts on this. So we've got Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. We're so pumped about Ahsoka. Yeah. We're about a month away from Ahsoka. And we still have a lot of questions about what is exactly going to be happening. But if we go to a different part of the galaxy, a different timeline, mm-hmm. we do have some interesting stuff when it comes to Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Or Star Wars The Acolyte. Yes. Leslie Headland has been making the rounds and has been saying a lot in terms of past interviews as well as new interviews when it comes to how many Jedi there are going to be in the show. This is the quote specifically. We have more Jedi than you've ever seen in other Star Wars content. But at the same time, I think you can see more morally ambiguous characters than in any other Star Wars content. And I think I can say this pretty confidently. I don't think you're going to see action in other shows the way that you see it used and utilized in our show. She's just calling him out, man. She's coming in guns blazing and is like, you know, the the fight on Geonosis with all of the Jedi? Well, hold my beer, non-alcoholic beverage, coffee, latte, whatever have you. And let's just see what I do. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, the fights of the Mandalorian in Book of Boba Fett, and or even. I'm stepping it up. I'm setting a new standard for what it's going to be like in Star Wars when people expect action. And as someone, you did not sadly have this experience, but I have seen the teaser, the one that they had a Star Wars celebration. And I can say from that small clip, the amount of intrigue and the amount of creative filmmaking with the fight scenes is very fascinating. Mm. It is a think more force assisted like martial arts mm. rather than exclusive lightsaber fights. You're going to be seeing more of that almost like Avatar the Last Airbender fights oh, okay. where you see more of the creativity and how they utilize the force than we've seen in any other series. I think that makes sense though. Like mm-hmm. this is taking place kind of at the very peak of it's the, the golden Jedi. era for the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So this is like pulling no pulling no punches mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I feel like when we see the Jedi moves and things like that in like the original or not well, even, even if original, we see it in like, like Clone Wars prequel era, we mm-hmm. see an institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Jedi. Yeah. We see expectations. We see you choose a type of lightsaber style. Yeah. And that's what you use. Yeah. And that's going to determine how you fight. Mm-hmm. We go back a few hundred years. That is when I think it's 200 years before the uh, the Phantom Menace. We're going to see the Jedi utilizing the Force in ways that we've never seen on screen before and maybe have never seen in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because they're still just they're still making this what they'll end up using putting in textbooks for the later mm-hmm. on Jedi you know like this yeah. is this is what they're creating like this is the creative time for both mm-hmm. lightsaber and force wielding things and that's what excites me so much about this show and she says it here it's Star Wars is always some version of the underdog versus the institution mm-hmm. 
and she's flipping it. The institution is the Jedi. It's the height of the Jedi. It's the High Republic. It is the idea of this shining city on a hill. What does it look like from the other perspective, from a different point of view? And what does it look like for someone who believes they're right to fight the institution of the Jedi, who also believe they're right, but maybe not exactly, if you look at it from a certain point of view? Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting because she says how you're going to get so many Jedi, but also so many more, like, mm-hmm. Im- morally ambiguous. Yeah. Like, great Jedi. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see, especially seeing how this is going to be from the, uh, the dark side perspective. Mm-hmm. How are we going to, who are we going to root for in the end of it? You know, like, who, 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 who are we supposed to root for? Good? Uh-oh. Bad? Does it matter? I don't know. I think it's very dependent on how they structure the show. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we have theories, rumors, reports that this show could go on for multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. So if they set it up into this way where we get the foundation of the characters, we get a foundation of the world that we're building and we have a complete story, but it's continuing into these other mediums and it's continuing later on in the same show in a different season that has a completely different perspective and viewpoint from what we see in the Mandoverse. Mm. I think that is really exciting. Yes, same. And that's why like when when talking about this specific show, I think this is the most exciting we're going to be about Star Wars. We don't know what it's going to be. This is a timeline we've never seen in live action. This is a time frame where we've only seen in the comics and the books and a little, little bit when it comes to Jedi Survivor. But this will be a clear understanding of the, the time frame and the grit and the reality of what it was like for there to be this many Jedi in the galaxy. It's going to be really exciting to see. And honestly, I'm just kind of, I'm ready for some Jedi. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need some Jedi action in my life. And and different experiences with those Jedi. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we've we've obviously in Mando season three, we got the whole idea with uh, Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best mm-hmm. and his viewpoint of the Jedi and and specifically Order 66 and then we see Obi-Wan and a very different perspective around the Jedi and Order 66 and we see like these different perspectives around Order 66 and we're probably going to see another flashback when we hear about the dark dude's fight (laughs) and survival of Order 66 and Ahsoka yes we're probably going to see another montage around Uh, Order 66 So it's going to be so nice Mm -hmm. to not have Order 66 hanging around. Yes, it makes sense that we're seeing one of the biggest massacres in the galaxy. Yes, we're going to see it from multiple perspectives, multiple points of view. But I think it's going to be nice when we have something different. And I feel like that's when you're like, oh, let's do something with the prequels. It almost feels like they have to have something to do with Order 66. Yeah. I'm not excluding stuff like the video games, too. I love Jedi Fallen Order, but yes, it involves the Clone Wars and Order 66. It's super fun to be like in the moment and be a part of that and see it from Cal's perspective, but still basically an Order 66 montage. Yeah. But I think having all these different pieces and that that's what we're so excited about when it comes to the experience of Star Wars and the TV shows is we get to see more Star Wars. We get to see more perspectives of Star Wars. We get to see Andor. We get to see Mando, which is very different than Andor. And we get to see even Ahsoka is probably going to be very different from Mando as well, Mm -hmm. even though it's set in the same time frame. And then what we see with Skeleton Crew is going to be very different as well. 
Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of these different perspectives that we're going to see in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That is all going to fuel from people like Leslie Headland who have an idea who are guided to the right time frame to tell unique stories and to tell something that they're interested to tell a story about. Mm-hmm. Leslie Headland wanted to basically, she said, this is Killpool meets Frozen meets Star Wars from a dark side perspective. What does it look like for someone who is fearful, trying to identify their powers, what ends up being the dark side? And we see the Jedi in this very evil light that we've never seen before. I'm excited. I'm excited for some good Jedi action that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Avatar and Last Airbender, heck yeah! Bring it on! <laughs> Especially when she's saying she's bringing a lot of inspiration from one of my favorite movies, Yojimbo, mm-hmm. which is Akira Kurosawa and is horribly overlooked. When you're looking at Akira Kurosawa movies, you think of The Seven Samurai. And it's rightfully so. That's This movie's amazing. But when you look at like the impact that Yojimbo has had on action films choreography, stunts in general, you can't beat the level of just creativity and storytelling that Yojimbo has in its story Mm. and its filmmaking. So I think I'm really excited to see some of that stuff get brought into. If you're going back to what inspired George Lucas and his perspective and flavor of the galaxy, and you're saying, let's bring some dark side stuff to it, I'm there. I'm very excited. Mm. But let us know your thoughts in the comments below or contact uplinkpodcast.com. Listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel. As always, hey, thanks for listening and may the force be with you. <laughs>